boys. Episode three. Quarantine week number four. I've kind of <laughs> lost count. I forgot what day it is. What have you guys been up to? Um, I've been drinking excessively, um, ordering dumb shit online, and I've been playing an abnormal amount of video games. I even got a fucking blister on my thumb from uh, the joysticks. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. I've I'm borderline alcoholic now. I might have to check myself in pretty soon. Uh, how about you, Connor? Uh, yeah. So I've put about like five thousand miles on my fucking company truck in the past like <laughs> seven or eight days. I did the calculation. I could have drove to California and back. So I am absolutely fucking beat. But it's raining out right now, so that means your boy's not at work. So I'm in good spirits. Let's fucking roll, baby. <laughs> Pat, what's going on with you, buddy? Ah, uh, shit. Not much change change from last week, but uh, drinking, uh, video games, work here and there. <laughs> Just cleaning up the house. Work here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully work yeah. doesn't hear this. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> KJ, how about you, man? Man, I've been grinding away at this econ here, chilling with the fam a lot. Uh, other than that, man, Keep I'm not grinding. It's 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 test week here, so I've been uh, I've been really trying to focus on it. I, I hope Otis Gilly isn't listening because uh, that that would let him know that I'm in a lot of suffering right now. He's killing me. Um, trying to get better. Huh? Always, trying, always trying to get better. Hey, I got a question. I got a KJ. Who's worse, Otis or Ramaswamy? Ra- uh, Otis, by far. <laughs> Otis, by far. I don't know. Ramaswamy literally lost one of my exams and then told me that he was going to give me a straight zero on it. And then he made my final, whatever I got on my final, worth the exact same as the, that other test would have been, too. So I also failed the class, so I hope you don't, though. Dude, you used to tweet good things about Ramaswamy. I don't think I'd ever tweet good things about Yeah, because I, I thought maybe if he saw it, maybe he'd help me out in that fucking class, but that was wishful thinking. I never say nothing nice about anything ever again. Ramaswamy's sassy today. I remember you tweeting that like every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> That's a legendary name. <laughs> I don't even know if that was actually his name, to be honest. <laughs> probably not. Probably not how you pronounce it, boys. No, definitely not. It's a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah, I mean, likewise, guys, I've been drinking heavily. I've been also trying to find uh, workout equipment online. I'm trying to buy, build a, a badass garage gym, but everywhere is fucking sold out. So I haven't had shit to do, dude. I've been doing prison-style workouts, <laughs> uh, shoulder pressing with the bed frame like last week, still doing that. And, uh, you know, I figured a, a good, you know, segue into – Everybody kind of, you know, drinking heavily. What's your guys' top five drinks? Like it, wants, like it. Wants to what go do you, first. Okay. What's your go-to? I'll go I, first. I, go ahead. Man, I, I had four down. Uh, number one, I got to shout out Big Mike here. I got to go with the Bacardi and Coke. <laughs> Nectar of the gods. Nectar of the gods. If you ever want to see Kirk come out, then get me on Nectar of the Gods. I promise you, you'll arrive. Kirk. Uh, and then I'm going to go Tito's and Water. Shout out to Coach Ward, RIP. Uh, 
I'm going to go Tito's and Sprite. And then my fourth, actually, this is my favorite beer of all time, is Spotted Cow, which is exclusively in Wisconsin. Ooh, Phenomenal. That's a beer, sneaky, sneaky good call. Phenomenal that shit makes beer, me boys. shit, man. No, that's a good beer. <laughs> Woo! Good stuff. KJ, you need five, man. Man, I don't have a fifth. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Just he doesn't really alcohol. drink. <laughs> alcohol. His fifth, are, his fifth is his fifth is Gatorade. Yeah. Those are his favorite drinks in college. <laughs> he hasn't drank since. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Olson? Uh yeah. So, uh, Coda uh, got me hooked on these these crook and markers, dude. So delicious. <laughs> so I'm putting those number five. Uh, number four, I got the Kona Big Waves. It's a great fire, beer. Fire, Ooh, fire. Awesome. Fire. Great three. <laughs> number number three is any margarita. I'm not really picky on, on what whatever it is. Any margarita solid. Uh two, I can do any type of crown whiskey. I can do crown with uh, with any pop, any like cranberry, anything like that. Uh and number one, I gotta go with the lattes, the bush lattes. Simple five. Great five. On to the next person, whoever wants to go next. What do you got, Pat? Uh, let's see here. We got Tito Sprite with a hint of cranberry. A uh, hint, too. <laughs> just a hint. Not too yeah. much, not too... Not a, no. not a pitch, either. A hint. No, a hint. Um, we're going to go Big Mike style, Bacardi and Diet Coke. Yeah. Shout out, Kirk. We're going <laughs> to go a White Russian. Why does it got to be white? Uh, the hell oh, is that? You know, it, <laughs> white Russian. I, I was hoping someone would ask. It is. It is. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's Kahlua. <laughs> vodka. And a little bit of half and half. So you do about a third of each. And Boone's Farm. So it's not all <laughs> white is what you're saying. No, but it, it normally <laughs> turns out white. Depending how much creamer you put. Um, that's what next, she said <laughs> there we go next you got the uh, good old summer shandy been on Spaldy. those for a while here and then lastly I, I couldn't leave it out um, I'm going to do red wine wow that's wow. really cultured yep. Yep. You I, up, gradu- huh? I, I graduated yeah fun fact about me actually I can't drink a red wine I'm actually allergic to something in it so Good, you don't need it. Yeah, I found that out the hard (laughs) way. What's your top five consist of if there's no red wine in it? Yeah, what are you, Jesus? (laughs) Tomorrow is Easter. (laughs) What do you got, Jay? Um, Everyone knows me, truly, if you're listening. Sponsor us. Number one, strawberry lemonade. I would do a lot of things to this. (laughs) oh yeah number two apple pie shots you can't go wrong with that there's nothing better than having those at a tailgate yeah getting getting blacked out with the bros the best there's nothing better than those um number three hurricane from fat jacks shout out to bloomington um it was 100 percent sugar but god damn it did i have some good times that i don't remember um, dancing up on that half, whatever the fuck it was in that second part of the bar, um, <laughs> Batch X, the best bar downtown. Uh, I respect that in Bloomington. 
Uh, number four, uh, it's called a melon ball. Um, oh yeah, probably the best drink I've ever had in my life. What the hell is a melon ball? Oh yeah, real uh, good. Um, it's vodka, melon liqueur, and then you can either do OJ or uh, pineapple juice. It's <laughs> exceptional. Um, and then my last one, we all pick Tito's. I'm going Tito's and uh, yellow Red Bull. Um, oh, nice. Shit gives me a heartburn, but hey, if I die drinking that, I'll be happy. Um, and as I realized, I just looked at my list, I realized that I am the most feminine male um, on this podcast with my choices. Um, and that's okay, though. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> How about you, Dusty? Oh, man, mine my, my kind of changes as the seasons change. But uh, when it's boiler season in the wintertime, <laughs> I usually uh, I like the Budweiser. He couldn't wait to say that. Oh, I always <laughs> say boiler you saw, season. You saw, boiler. A light, you saw a light up in his head and shit, too. He was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When it's boiler season, the Budweiser's, they come out, man. And then uh, number four, I like Moscow Mules, but it's got to have Tito's Vodka in there. Shout out to Tito's. They should pretty much yeah. sponsor us. I mean, we, we all had that on our list, I want to say. And then, uh, T's, Trulies, and Tito's. Number three, I got screwdrivers. Every every now and then, I need an 80 proof breakfast, and uh, that's my go to drink in the morning. And then, number two, like, like Jay, I like Tito's and sugar free Red Bull, actually. Um, I don't drink the Red Bull with the sugar in it, it makes my stomach hurt, so I avoid that. Um, and then my top drink of choice is, is Coors Light, man. I try to, uh, at least stay in shape somewhat and I do so by drinking light beer and this is my favorite taste in light beer. So that's when I roll with. Oh yeah, brother. It is, it is the oh, best light right. beer. It is the oh, best. I'm not trying to shit on their life, but Absolutely. Like shit. Absolutely. Dusty lost his service or connection. <laughs> Did you look at his face. Oh, look at his face. You got, you got him kidding me. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right, I'm back. <laughs> Just leave that in. Don't even cut that, Jay. Yeah. All right, we have to transition into our sponsors of the show. Um, we did pick up a new sponsor. We'll mention that shortly here. Um, first, we want to give a shout out to 815 Twin City Baggers, uh, Cameron Posey president of a, a local cornhole league in Rock Falls, Illinois. I want to give him a special shout-out. I want to give him a special shout-out because he got a hell of a deal on a rack of ribs today at Kroger. Uh, I think he, he caught a, a mislabeled product, and he got a whole full slab of ribs for 13 cents. And uh, if that's not Cameron Posey, I don't know what is. The man and that's also gets the best luck in this instance. Also, I want to give a shout out to Chris Marchetti. He reached out to us and uh, said he would be a sponsor of the show. Uh, he owns a business called Magnolia Painting and Refinishing. They're based out of Chicago Heights. They do stuff like cabinet and furniture refinishing. They install drywall and they'll do interior, exterior painting and, and much more. So we really appreciate Chris reaching out and uh, sponsoring the show as well. So. Does anybody else that like to sponsor the show, you know, we would really appreciate that too. Um, you know, thanks for all you guys uh, support so far. Eventually we're just going to do a show where we just say all of our sponsors. It's going to be an hour long of, of every sponsor we have. <laughs> that, that's that's what's going to That's what's Eventually gonna go they're going to start too. paying us. No. Yeah. <laughs> Slide yeah, our DMs. We'll see something. Yeah. All right, one of the things we, we really wanted to touch on this episode was uh, a TV show that's called Ozark. I'm sure most have seen it. If you haven't, you probably live under a rock. 
Um, their season three just <laughs> got released not too long ago. Highly anticipated. They they had their second season they released. It was felt like two years ago. Maybe it was two years ago. Um, but they finally released season three. We've all been kind of waiting to see it. And, um, you know, they finally did release it. So I'll give you a quick update on actually what it is. Um, here's here's the IMDb summary of Ozark. A financial advisor drags his family from Chicago to the Missouri Ozarks, where he must <laughs> launder money to appease a drug boss. The Birds, that's their last name, and their teenage kids, Charlotte and Jonah, are, for all intents and purposes, an ordinary family living ordinary lives. That's what Boy, the show's about. You haven't seen it. Dusty, Dusty sounds like that substitute teacher that has no clue what's going on. He just comes in and starts reading straight out of the book. Hell yeah. yeah no, no one's phone better go off. Dude, you know what? You, someone there? <laughs> the thing with, uh, with TV Continue. shows is, you know, there could be quite a bit of, uh, you know, like a popular TV show that people just haven't seen. And I just can't assume that everybody's seen Ozark. So it's only right to. Oh, yeah. No, I, I respect it. No, it was a good summary. It was a good summary. Chill out, Raiden. You look like fucking the Mortal Kombat character, Raiden, <laughs> that fucking sombrero on your head. Hey, man. You got to keep the UV rays off you. <laughs> What'd you think of season three? You got some you got some talking points, Jay? Yeah, actually I do. Um it actually goes right off of Connor's. Um This was the this was my main takeaway, and it's not necessarily so much about Ozark as it is just Hollywood in general. So just bear with me for a second here. Um in my opinion, Hollywood has gotten extremely lazy. Um why the fuck is every uncle named Uncle Ben? Um you have Uncle Ben from fucking Spider-Man. You have fucking Uncle Ben on the goddamn fucking packet of rice. Now this fucking new character in fucking Ozark, his name's Uncle Ben too. I, I'm I'm tired of it. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's pick a fucking new name. You know, it's just like it, there's a billion names to choose from. I mean, Uncle ben, Jason. Yeah, Uncle Jason, Uncle Jay, Farmer Jay. I, I thought he made season three Jay. though. Yeah, no, he was an awesome character. Absolutely, he was awesome. Yeah. Hell of an actor. You know, but, one thing that I, I can't get over is the fact that, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Charlotte Bird, the daughter, looks oh, just oh, like oh. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson Tigers. She looks identical to Trevor Lawrence. So if you you don't know who Trevor Lawrence is, take a look. You ain't, you ain't got the Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. <laughs> you got the Uncle Ben's rice. No, honestly. Um, Dusty, you're absolutely right. She she does look like she does look like Trevor Lawrence, and hey, but but she she is a good looking teenager. Uh, she's she's a good looking teenager. She, she's twenty. KJ, now, why are you laughing? What are you laughing at, KJ? KJ's like hell yeah, she is. All I'm saying is, y'all mentioned Charlotte's name. You're gonna have to make me. I'm about to start acting up in here. Um, I would die for that woman. Um, there's, I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah, I would die for that woman. Very short. She's on my short list of women I would die for. Who's your favorite character in the show? Me? Anybody. What's your favorite character in the show? Uh, Wyatt's a fucking weirdo. So not him. Um, 
Honestly, probably. I know it's gonna be stupid to say, but it's probably Wendy. Um, I fucking yeah. Hate Mine's Ruth. Yeah, Ruth. No yeah, doubt. Ruth's for me. awesome too. Um, but I would say probably Wendy. Mm. Dude, say. you know my favorite character became Marty after uh, he told her off in the room, and I when they were meeting with a therapist, and 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 he told her off. I stood up off the couch, and I was. <laughs> it was that moment. He yep. was. He became my favorite character in the show. So when you get to that part of the of the show, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll understand why it was a great scene. Can we yeah, say Bob. what he says? Can we say what he says? Yeah, because that was a legendary line that I think all yeah. men say at least once in their life. Yeah, that's not going to give up the the episode <laughs> or the the season. Say what? Yeah, say what he said. I'm just kidding. You'll have to check um, with our sponsors, good. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> He stood up, as I did when he after he said it. He stood up and said, "You are a power hungry fucking bitch." And at th- it was three in the morning when I was watching this. I got out of my bed. I stood and I applauded. <laughs> and I hope everyone heard me. But legendary line from old Marty Bird from Naperville, Illinois. Seriously, that's where the takes place. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "What?" Yeah, no, the show takes place mm-hmm. as a financial advisor from naperville il and he was wondering money wondering money for the the mexican drug cartel is that what you tell people dusty no hell no the financial advisor from il naperville il it's where i it's where i reside taxpayer yeah but all together man i thought this season out of all all three of them was was definitely the best it had the most action in my opinion there's a lot going on and um i mean it's just the only thing that irritated me about the season was like i said the fact that it took so long for them to release season three Mm -hmm. i thought that they were supposed to release it this time last year and then the reports came out that they were just filming it uh maybe like a they had an issue where some of the the actors or actresses in the show probably were filming something else at the time, but I hope that they don't make us wait another two years for season four because that's that's gonna be miserable. Yeah, like what else are these other actresses and actress actors and actresses doing? They're not. I don't see them in really anything else. I mean, Jason Bateman's the only popular one, right. and that might have been whole, the guy. Yeah. Yeah, because his whole his I mean I think he like I think he even directs every episode too. I know he's not a writer, but I think he's a director of every episode. So he I mean this is like his thing now. Um, but I don't know about anyone else. I don't think they're involved in anything. Um, but yeah, I thought season three was excellent. I I think Ben was a great addition to the show. Um, it was fun to see his development throughout the ten episodes. Um, a lot of shock in there. Um, my least favorite character of this show, though, it happens to be Helen. Now, before I get into her, I'm going to try to do a little parallel here between the sports talk we're going to make real quick. The Bulls should definitely, their new GM, should look into into signing Helen. That motherfucker, she is tall, bro. She is will be the new perimeter swingman. Don't even sign anyone else. Just get her. Feed her the rock down low. Let her play perimeter defense, too. She'll be a stretch forward. She'll be fucking She'll Ross be a stretch out. forward. That's all you need to fucking know. She there, there it is. Um, but yeah, she she fucking sucked, and yeah, I hate her. Yeah, she's not a good character in the show. I mean, I don't like her either. I didn't like her since the beginning. I mean, since they first yeah. introduced her character, I wasn't a big fan. My least favorite, 
I don't know that I have a least favorite in the show would probably be Wendy. Just when she talks, she pisses me the hell off. So <laughs> that's probably oh, the yeah. only, I mean, I don't, I don't really have like, I have a character that I always root for. Then I always have a character where I just don't care for. And it's probably Wendy. She's, she's that broad. Yeah. I would, um, to go back to Helen really quick, I would mop the ocean before I trusted her. And that's where, that's where I fall in with her. She, she absolutely sucks. But I'm done talking about her because I'm starting to get mad now, and I don't want to be Who mad sucks? on the line. Uh, Helen. Oh, I was gonna say she's my favorite character. Now, 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 her, da- <laughs> now, now her daughter though. I found her. Trusted from the top row. Uh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude, that that lady ran everything without getting her fucking fingers dirty. She oh, ran that shit from the cartel to the birds and didn't get anything with her fucking name on it. And that's legendary because she was skating through for the most part until Uncle Ben came through. And, and, and I don't know. I just, I think she, I thought she was pretty cool for the most part. And, she was just a badass bitch to me, but but hey. <laughs> Dude, was there anybody else? Was there anybody else when you started watching season three? Since season two came out like so long ago, you just like don't remember what the hell happened or what the hell is going on. Dude, it took yeah. me to like the fifth or sixth episode yep. to really put everything together. I, I really f- forgot that the Langmores, that the other cousin's name was three. I completely forgot. I did too. I, I completely forgot he was a character in the fucking show. <laughs> I did too. I forgot yeah. what happened to like the whole family previously. Yeah, yeah so did I. It was yeah, what Dusty said. It's fucking been years since I've yeah. seen uh, season two. Yeah. But overall, where would you guys rank this? Is this show? I mean, maybe we gotta wait for the show to end eventually. I don't know how many seasons they'll do. But is this in your guys' top five in terms of shows? Would you, you know, would you be willing to put it in there right now as of just three seasons? I wouldn't. Um, maybe the shows that Netflix creates themselves, I'd probably say the top five Netflix original show. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's, I, I like, in my opinion, I think Stranger Things is Netflix number one show, and my that's my favorite. Um, I don't think it's probably two or three, I would say. Um, yeah. But it's not my top five overall. It's probably not even close. I could probably name 15 or 20 more that I probably – but I love Ozark. I just – it's not it's not yeah. close to the top. Well, the thing, too, to consider is, I mean, it might go eight seasons. It might go ten seasons. Right. You never know. It might end up being a, a, yeah. a show that everybody's like, oh, wow, you got to see that. That For me, that show became Breaking Bad. You know, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that one, definitely – uh take a look at that but you guys got anything else you want to hit on on ozark i know it's kind of tough to review a tv show without giving out any spoilers you kind of just kind of you just give your your opinion on what you thought of the season yeah i'm gonna say um my favorite character wasn't in season three i thought buddy dyker was the man yeah first you know season he was awesome um But I'm kind of with Pat. Like I, I cannot stand Wendy at all, and and I was a bigger fan of Helen. But at the end of the day, like Marty's the guy. Like dude just doesn't yeah. get that emotional. But when he does, like you see what happens in therapy, and you just get like one of the best moments in TV history. So he's the guy that runs the show. So I'm I'm a big fan of him. And to me, the show in general is 
It's one of the best one of the best shows I've watched. It's top three for me. I mean, it's had three great seasons. None of them have disappointed at all. And season three is probably the best season so far. Yeah, absolutely. KJ KJ said that the the time with the the therapist, the scene with Marty and the therapist was top television of all time. What'd you say? It's, one, just, of the it's top, one of the top one of the top moments in television history, I'm telling you. Ever. Wow. <laughs> So you got to go watch it. If you haven't seen Ozark, it's definitely a show worth watching. I know people have, you know, I've been seeing posts. People are looking for new suggestions. I'm sure most people have already probably watched it. Um, but if you haven't, definitely. I, I have two last things I'd like to add. They really don't provide any importance. But so Frank Jr., um, something fucked up but hilarious happens to him in that season. Why does he look <laughs> like every Grand Theft Auto villain character? Dude, like, he plays the same character in every show. Yeah, he looks exactly just like a fucking, like a cartoon, like he's going to be the fucking bad guy in a Grand Theft Auto franchise game. He looks like every fucking one that you have to do like 17 Dude, missions for, and then you end up killing him anyway. That's his shtick. You know, yeah. that's his... You ever seen the show Power? That's another good one. If you've never seen Power... Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's the same way in there. Yeah, Frank Jr., he actually plays an important character in the show Power, so so check that one out too. But he's literally he plays the same character in every show that I've ever or every show or movie that I've ever seen with him in it. So mm-hmm. what else do you have to hit on? Uh, just the last one. I'm not gonna say this, I don't want to spoil anything, but there was one death in particular. Um it, it didn't happen at the end of this at the end of the show or at the end of the season. There was one death that happened that I just couldn't didn't make sense to me. Um you guys may be thinking the same thing I am or not about who it is, but there's just one death. I was just like, it makes no fucking sense. Like there was zero reason it had to be done. That was probably my only, I think that was kind of puzzled me. And we could talk about that offline if you guys want. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know what the thing yeah. is too, when you never know like the reason behind someone getting killed off in a show, you got to always like kind of think outside the box. And the fact that one, they probably didn't come to terms with, a new contract for the next season or the fact that they had other filming obligations. So whenever that type of shit happens, I always just think, ah, this dude probably had something to do or, or it's like WWE when they pretend that someone's hurt, they probably just got suspended for PD. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. It's I had really one more. I had one more. It just came to me. I, we can say this cause it doesn't really have any significance to the show. How about when that dude, like accidentally pushes his wife down the hill and she starts she's rolling and screaming <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then she just falls in the water oh my dude i was laughing so fucking hard it looked just it looked like it looked like if like, you ever had like a meatball fall off your plate it just keeps fucking rolling <laughs> like that's all i thought he, was like there's a meatball going do you think so she filmed that crazy. scene on her own <laughs> oh she does oh she 100 does her own stunts he thought about it he thought about it and was like "Ah, yeah then you you never see either one of them again or obviously i think i'm assuming she died but uh you just never see him ever out yeah he was like i'm out of here he was cash he was cash out by cash out that's right but yeah that's all i had i'm sorry i kind of pogged some of it but i just i i look at really stupid things i think provide no significance that just make me laugh um that's i think that's my part of this podcast for these reviews yeah i mean it's tough to review a show without giving up spoiler yeah. so you know uh just wanted to touch base on that show but we do want to touch on sports i know we've had a few people asking us can we comment on basketball um you guys are in good luck because here on the live at five podcast live at five the live <laughs> at five podcast 
We have a uh, pretty much a basketball expert here. KJ Conklin actually works. Um, he's a graduate assistant for the men's basketball program at Louisiana Tech University. All previously, dogs. previously he worked with the Illinois State University men's basketball program, and he's also helped train players such as Jason Tatum. Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Gordon Hayward, Jordan Clarkson, and Taco Fall, among others. Um, when it comes to basketball, he's certainly an expert beyond all of us. So we, we took some of the, the most common questions people have asked us, and we are going to rattle them off to KJ, kind of get an idea of, you know, more of a inside expert opinion on, on some of this stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and ask him a few questions. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. We'll start off with the hot with the hot debate. Um, what's a better sound for a basketball swoosh? A chain net or a, or a cloth net? <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually a very insightful question. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with I grew up on the chain ones. So yeah, I, like, I agree with when, chain net too. When, whenever whenever I hear a chain like a chain net swish, I I always like think back to when I was a kid. Like it just brings me back to to being young and just playing for the love of the game all the time. So I'm gonna have to go with chain love net. The on game. That yeah, it, it reminds me of when in Space Jam at the beginning when that little Michael's talking to his dad. Um, he's playing. <laughs> the funniest part I think about that whole sequence was he was playing basketball on the dirt, and. They just had a chain net, and there's nothing better than I think the chain net swoosh is just like I don't know why the NBA doesn't adopt that. Um, they had it on chain NBA net. Street. The chain nets are fucking awesome. I mean, I agree. I, that's my opinion. It's way better than the regular. Um, Safety. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we're in agreement there. Uh, my next question is, uh, why is LeBron the goat? Well, I completely dis disagree with that statement right there. Uh, you know, they're releasing this documentary called The Last Dance here on April 19th. It's going to be the first episode, and it's going to document the greatest basketball player to ever touch a basketball, all right? And there's multiple reasons why he's the best ever, but we're not going to get into that tonight. That's 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 a song for another <laughs> that's time. A, hey, that's all a right. five-hour podcast in itself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> those, those, yeah, those are the only two questions I had. They were hard-hitting. All right, so I'll ask one of the most – popular questions that I've been getting uh, asked here. Obviously, the Chicago Bulls are shopping around for a new GM. It's not new news. It looks like they're um, looking for a new GM. They just hired a new was the director of basketball operations to go out and, and find that GM. Who do you think would be the best move for the Chicago Bulls at the GM position and, and what options are available to them? No doubt. So, like, first of all, first off, uh, the NBA in general is in the freezing hire. So, Karnasovas hasn't even been hired yet. But once he is, like, he's already decided he's going to bring J.J. Polk with him, who with New Orleans does, he's like a cap specialist, NBA cap specialist, which nowadays, like, the salary and the cap salary at the NBA level is more important than any other sport because of luxury tax. So, he's bringing him with him. And then also, as reportedly talked about, bringing Pat Connolly with him, who's a scout that was an assistant GM with the Suns for a while. And I hope he doesn't hire Pat Connolly as the GM because he'd just be promoting a scout to that. But the two options that I like most um, are Calvin Murphy, who's he's a former player, was a really good NBA player. He's the assistant GM with uh, with the Nuggets. Um, and they've done a great job the last couple of years building through the draft and free agency. And then. 
the second option, which is my favorite, and I really hope they hire is Nazir Muhammad. And he's worked with, in my opinion, the most underrated uh, GM in all of the in all the NBA, and that's Sam Presti with Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City hasn't had a bad year at the NBA level since uh, since Durant got like I think in his third year in the league. Like this year, they were supposed to underachieve, and they were like a five or six seed in the West with a very young team. So I hope it's Nazir Muhammad. Um, I, from what I've I've seen, those are the two top options. But if I were to choose one, I'm choosing Nazir Muhammad. He played for the Bulls as well. And he also was famous for pushing LeBron down in the playoffs that one year. My yeah, goat. Actually, they, they need to my hire goat. Him for that too. My goat. <laughs> All right. My second question was, you know, how much with with March Madness tournament being canceled? I know you you deal a lot more with college basketball than you do pro ball, obviously. How much does the March Madness tournament being canceled, how does that hurt these seniors that really needed the March Madness tournament to maybe get that last little bit of an edge for the NBA draft? And not only that, you know, do they plan on doing anything to to help those seniors maybe, you know, get to that next level? No doubt. I I mean, it, it, it affects everybody a lot. But in terms of the seniors, every year you've seen three to four seniors rise their draft stock just because the way they played uh, in the NCAA tournament. So last year you had examples like Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. You had Dylan Wendler from Belmont. All those guys, both of those guys rose their stock as seniors because they played well in March. And it's unfortunate for them. A guy that I thought this year that I was able to work with last year in L.A. with uh, Alex Basil was Miles Powell. He was an All-American this year, a senior, kind of an undersized two guard, but a tremendous player. And like in March, he's one of those guys where he's going to show out. And, and Seton Hall was a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team because they played in one of the better mm-hmm. leagues in the country. So it's kids like him that I think about and I feel for because I, I just thought that he was poised for a really, really big march. But then you got you got a kid like uh, Tyshawn Alexander that we played this year uh, that plays at Creighton. I mean, he just entered the NBA draft. If he was able to play in March and with the type of player I thought he was, that gives him more exposure to scouts playing on the biggest level. So it doesn't just impact seniors. It also impacts, I mean, guys that are underclassmen available to come back again. Now, the thing that hurts for them even more is, is with, with the COVID-19 going on, there's not going to be a ton of scouting. I mean, it's a ton of scouting opportunities. They're probably not going to have the NBA draft combine. And if they do, it's going to be months down the line. And they're not going to have private workouts either because of social distancing measures we're taking. So it's not... It's not ideal for them. And then to even take that a step further, Dusty, in terms of high schoolers, two, three years from now, we're going to hear about so many kids that flew under the radar because they weren't able to be seen on the AU circuit. And that's going to impact the Division One level, the Division Two level. You're going to, like, I think back to actually a kid that's at Illinois State now, uh, Matt Chastain, his senior year a couple years ago, he actually had no offers going into March or going into late February and ended up with eight offers by the end of March. Like you're just, you're not going to get that from a lot of kids right now. And then you think about Duncan Robinson who plays for Miami. He, he was a D two player that fell under the radar because he wasn't seeing a ton in college. So you're going to see more of that in the next couple of years. And with the new transfer rule, um, you're going to see a lot of kids transformed because now division one has taken the measure where there's just not, there's not going to have kids don't have to sit out for a year and that's going to come into play here too, probably within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. 
So wait, I have a question. Is that transfer rule? Is that for all NCAA athletes, or is it just basketball related? Uh, that's a good question that I actually don't know the answer to. My my guess would be it's just basketball related because typically, or actually, it's gonna be all sport related because they can't discriminate by sport now. Right. What's messed up is you guys have seen all the football examples the last couple yep. of years. Like like Hertz could play last year, but a kid that he was moving home because his grand, his mom was dying. He couldn't play right away last year. So I think they're trying to get rid of examples by that, by instituting into all sports. But it's really going to affect the, the college basketball level because the transfer portal is outrageous every year already. I think we all agree the NCAA as an organization is terrible. I don't know if you can agree with that, KJ, yeah, since we're with the NCAA, but come on. Outside looking in, everybody knows the NCAA is kind of over the top with a lot of their rules and, and some of the way they handle situations. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't call them the NCAA assholes for nothing. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Elvin Mack from the program. <laughs> Pat, you got some questions for KJ? Yeah, I got a few. Um, going back to the NBA, um, do, will or does the NBA finish the season? Um, and what do you prefer if they do or don't? I say no. And I say that from the standpoint that if you continue this season, um, you'd basically have to start the playoffs right away. And you're doing it without fans because you'd have so many lawsuits on your hands without a vaccine in place. Um, now, who wants to do playoffs without fans, number one? Number two, even if you started the playoffs now or in two weeks or three weeks, you're pushing next season back. And that's going to run into the Olympics next summer. And that's going to push all the draft processes and seasons in the future back unless we have to constrain a window after an upcoming season to a shorter offseason for the players. I just don't think there's a possible way. Um, I couldn't imagine as a player right now thinking about coming back and playing, especially with the fact that there's just no way you can justify having fans right now. Mm. Now, as as much as I want the season to continue, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And now I, I don't know how, if they just concluded the regular season, right, and they just go into the postseason, you have to feel for those teams that are like two games out, one game out, you know, a handful of games out that just got basically gypped from a playoff contention spot. So it, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be tough. I completely Holy agree. Gypped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, uh, my goat LeBron got jipped from his fourth championship. Dude, imagine the team that was favored. Here we win. go. You only get you only got a window for so many years to win a championship. I mean, imagine right. that. Imagine That's being true. in your window and getting fucking or you know you get screwed on your your maybe your one opportunity if you're the Raptors to win to win a uh, an NBA title. So who knows? Yeah. Or Dayton to win me six grand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to you. Connor, I was happy to see Obi Toppin <laughs> one national player of the year. Yeah, I would have been happier to see him win the fucking national title, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> that's crazy because it would have been last week, right? It would have been the championship, huh? Yeah. Or it last would have been, been, been this past Monday, yeah. Trust yeah. me, I was I was in sorrows just as much as you were, KJ. <laughs> and since we're talking about NCAA, I got one more for the NCAA. Um, and KJ, this kind of relates to you a little bit more, but, uh, how does the, the canceled NCAA season affect, um, like student coaching, graduate assistants like you, 
um, as far as experience, you know, the resume and everything. Um, um, what do you, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Now in terms of, are you saying in terms of finding a job or mm -hmm. yes? Yeah. Uh, so me and year two, like me finishing up, I mean, this was my year to, to, to be on the job search and find one. And, uh, I mean, just to show how slow the coaching carousel is, last year there were 51 head coaching changes in Division One basketball. This year there's 21 so far. So I don't know if there's going to be any late movement, but what we call the coaching carousel is slow moving right now. So it doesn't just in fact affect people in my position. It affects everyone. I mean, head coaches that had tremendous years that had the possibility of getting Power 5 jobs are not going to have that opportunity now because – there were so so much there's so much less movement as a result of COVID. Now, in terms of how you're directing it towards me, um, there there's not a lot of openings. So it's even this is a very scarce business. So it's even more scarce now than it's ever been. Like this is the least movement there's been probably in Division One history. I mean, wow. very very little movement on the carousel. Um, but you know you, you got to take it as it is, and you got to. Uh, you just got to keep moving forward. I mean, like I said, I, I feel for so many people in this business, but for the ones that had jobs and, and get full-time salaries, like that's what you're striving for. Because when stuff like this happens, you're always insured a job. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, uh, and that, you know, that's what I'm pushing for. So we'll, we'll see what, what, if there's any late movement or if anything happens. Follow up, follow up question on that. Does this count towards your eligibility, I guess, like as far as, like, you know, if you, if someone at, at Kentucky or, or Duke or whatever, does this count as their full season? You know, someone in your position, graduate assistant, I believe is what it's called. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But does that count as a full season and they have to find something else afterwards? Or do they get, you know, uh, another year or whatever? Yeah, I remember signing the compliance forms and I, I – I'm pretty sure it stated, I'm 95% I'm sure that it said that um, I'm only allowed two years as a graduate assistant. So like the only way for me to come back would either be as a volunteer or in a full-time position. I couldn't come back as a, come back as a graduate assistant. Um, now, and then like, I think there's an age restriction on it too, which I'm old for a GA. So I'm really coming up on that, on that age restriction. But uh, yeah, being in year, being in year two right now, like that puts me in the position where, yeah, I wouldn't be able to come back in the role that I'm in right now. Okay. One thing I want to add before we get to your questions, Connor, is I think it would be cool to do a segment, because we do have a lot of basketball fans, do a segment on the process of getting to where you are at right now, because a lot of people don't know that process of how you got to be where you are right now. Um, all of us have got to see the behind the scenes and how hard you've worked to get there. So I think it would be cool, yeah, even if you shared for, for five or 10 minutes, uh, you know, the grind and the struggle that it took you, you know, over the years to get from being a kid in high school to being involved with, uh, you know, a big division one basketball program and, you know, the ladders that you kind of have to, to go you know, the rungs and the ladder you, you kind of have to go up to to get to each step. So I think that would be, you know, a good segment maybe if you could share that at some point. Yeah, right. you saying right now? No, you don't have to share it right now if you don't want to. Yeah. But, I mean, that's probably a good 10 or 15-minute segment because I don't want to condense it into five minutes, but there's a lot to the story. There is a lot to it. Um, All right, go ahead, Connor. 
Yeah, I'll I'll piggyback off that. We we blow KJ a lot of shit, but he does put in a lot of hours, and we all know that. But puts, with that being said, in, he puts in union hours. <laughs> union hours. I actually only had one question. I actually thought of a few more, so I'll save my good question till the end. Um, my first question, and uh, Patrick kind of made me think of this, like with the with players kind of coming and going, and how does that how how however that works out. What teams should we be looking at next year that might not lose players because of the virus? <laughs> I was thinking Michigan because they got a good recruiting class coming in. I see they're at forty to one. You don't you don't have to comment on that. I just throwing it out but on a serious note do you think that there's gonna be players that don't go to the draft because of the virus because they didn't get an opportunity to you know their march dreams or their college dreams i know there's already guys going to the nba but do you think it kind of has a reverse effect as well yeah uh i'll start by saying like i'll tell you teams that that i like that that i watch this year and like they'll have some returners but okay hold on let me get my pen ready (laughs) so so what i can't forecast what guys are gonna do you know in terms Mm -hmm. of staying and everything else now yeah that's impossible yeah before today or i think it was yesterday when i saw the tyshawn alexander came out and even now even if he stays in the draft like i think creighton is i think Mm -hmm. they're gonna be so dang good next year if the guys stay there, like they didn't have, they only had one upper class or one senior on their team. And he was a grad transfer off the bench and he was a big guy. They had a kid this year that didn't play because he had a broken leg preseason. And they can just shoot the fucking ball, man. They can shoot. They can shoot. Yeah. And then, and then they said they're supposed to have everybody back. And then they had a kid that played second semester that transferred. So he's supposed to be back next year. And on top of that, Alex O'Connell from Duke just transferred there. And he's supposed to be eligible right away if the transfer rule passes. I really, really like them. And I, I love the way they play. So they're they're like an early on big time favorite of mine and Gonzaga as well. Is Gonzaga bringing everybody back? Like they're both their big guys. Are they coming back? Yeah, I'm not. I, I know Ryan Woolridge uh, graduates. Um, we He was in our conference last year, but I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how much they lose. I, I actually need to look at that, but I, I yeah, know they be, return. That'd be another interesting team to see who they lose. And I mean, imagine if they bring back four or five starters. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they had a chance eight, to win it this year, let alone next year. Yeah. I know of their top eight, they have like five, at least five of their top eight back. There's a couple guys yeah. that I'm not sure about though. Real quick, real popular question that I get asked that, I want to, if you could summarize in, in two minutes here, what's the Bulls' future look like if they do sign Nazir Muhammad? Let's say they go after him, they get him. What's the Bulls' future look like? Do do they get it figured out? Are they going to be competitive? I mean, looking back at the Derrick Rose era, you know, 2010, when, you know, you, you have a guy that, it, that you thought was going to be your, you know, your franchise player, he gets hurt, and, and there was so much... Um, expectation for the Bulls do they ever get back to that point sometime in the near future or or what do you think the what do you think the the blueprint is going forward yeah I think I'm very optimistic because the the first the first big steps out of the way and that was cleaning up the front office I mean 
like you guys know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same result. And that's exactly what they have with Garpax. So now you're taking into account a new president of operations, and he's going to bring a GM with him. And that GM is going to want to hire his own head coach, what they've, which they've had problems with Boylan. Uh, they're taking the necessary steps. And I think I think the Chicago market is a good market for free agents. And you have a backcourt that's young and you had like long term. Number one, they're young. They're very talented, but you, you could have them long term. I mean, they just signed Levine to a long term deal last summer. And then Kobe White's still on his rookie contract. Um, the blueprint for it is just what I said. Hire a general manager, get a new head coach in. And then you have to make it more appealing for free agents to come in. And that's what Garpax wasn't able to do in the past. So I'm definitely optimistic what they did because after years of neglecting what the issue was, they finally taken care of the issue. And that was their front office. Do you think I agree. it was because um, when they had the all-star game in Chicago this past February, how much of a mockery everybody made of Garpax? I mean, there were signs at like the ESPN stuff, like fire them. And I mean, it was even trending on Twitter during the game. I just feel like, Chicago final and Chicago, I think, put on a pretty good All Star game. I mean, I didn't, I didn't oh, I yeah. really watch, I only really watched this. I didn't watch the games or nothing, but I watched like leading up to the stuff. I feel like they, and even just working downtown. I mean, I feel like they definitely showed out for it. I feel like, and with everything they did, um, but I feel like the big thing takeaway for me was the big mockery of of Gar Pax, and I feel like that's something that you shouldn't see. You didn't watch the All Star game, James. What what were you doing? Um, I was probably folding my socks. Um, okay. There's plenty of things that's, I could. That's I could decide all. That's all we. Better. That's all we needed. To yeah. Do. I would rather well, go walk my goldfish. You know what? The thing that I think the big problem is is the same problem that the White Sox have, and we'll touch on that probably in a later episode. Baseball. Um, but it's Jerry Reinsdorf, in my opinion. I think Jerry Reinsdorf. It, he runs his his franchises like a business, and obviously it is a business. It's an, a form of entertainment where you want to make money. But you look around at the best best teams around around the league. You know they're spending money. One, not only that, they're spending money, and two, they're going to make the necessary moves to put themselves in a position to win. They got they took such good advantage of the Bulls being top three in attendance almost year after year after year. And, you know, you get to the point where you think it's almost like the Cubs. You just put a shit product on there, out there, and people are going to show up no matter what. Well, I, I you know what I mean? No, we don't know what you mean. I do. Dude, the Cubs sucked ass for many years and sold out for lots of games. A lot I don't of know years. what you're talking about. Let's, let's do this on another episode because I don't know. We'll get to this. The, the, I want to touch on three things. Back to what you said, Jay. What happened at the All-Star game absolutely impacted their job security because they were made a mockery of. Now, I will say along with that, Chicago put on an awesome All-Star game using the common piece, tributing Kobe, and everything they did was awesome and on top of the rule in the fourth quarter of what they did. Now, to go with that number two, too, like you guys are talking about the White Sox compared compared to the Bulls, the, the difference in why the Bulls are an appealing place to go to is because, yes, the fan base that they have, even when they're bad, they sell out a lot or they sell a lot of tickets. And that's what really happened this past year is there was a decline in that, and that was also part to do with what their, with their job security. Um, but, there, I mean, like I said, there, there's optimism, guys. Like, 
they took care of the necessary first step. And that's, that's really where it started for that organization. And Jerry does think about the bottom line and it's getting to the point now where the bottom line starting to get hurt because fans weren't going this past year. So now we had to do something about it. Yeah. We also have to think too, you know, it took the, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf a long time to, to get Kenny Williams out of the general manager position, but they promoted him. And it seemed like they were trying to do the same thing with the Chicago Bulls where they were trying to offer scouting positions or, you know, another executive position. They didn't want to eliminate, you know, Garpex from the picture entirely. Um, Reinsdorf just seems too loyal to me in, in terms of, you know, the guys that he hires. So it's a business, man. You perform or you, you take a hike. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But all right. Uh Moving I just on. got one more. I got one more final question. My Go good ahead. question. KJ, how in the fuck do you watch the NBA? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. During the season, um, the only time I watch it is really on Synergy, which is like our video, pro- like the, vi- the video service we yeah. use where we can, like it breaks down everything. Like I could just go to a guy's made field goals and watch them. Like I do skill development breakdown on guys. Okay. But I, I respect but that. No. But no, like on Thursday nights, like Thursday night TNT, I will rarely ever watch a game. The only time I really watched games this year was like I watched the Clippers and Lakers a couple times, like the yeah. the big, big, big time games yeah. I would watch. Um, Dude, no, give during, me uh, give me Louisiana Tech and North Texas on a Tuesday night any day of the week. Or Clippers, Lakers. <laughs> Just make sure Amen. it's at home. Uh, <laughs> hey, one thing I do want to say though, with with the basketball. <laughs> segment here if, if you guys have some questions that you want to submit to us to ask kj um please do so these questions were kind of just more more of the popular ones that we've been asked but uh he's more than happy to answer any questions that you have and he has a little bit more knowledge than the average basketball fan since he's you know behind the scenes but yeah well well done kj that was good that was good stuff sir man appreciate it it's, it's fun to do it Oh, he could talk basketball for five hours, but... Oh, yeah, uh, we could do it the whole podcast. All right. Again, thanks, KJ, for the uh, the update on the basketball segment there. Um, what we're going to do is transition into our new segment. I got five on it. Jay, what's this week's topic? This week, we're going to talk about sleeping with your socks on. Um, I'll start it with... I do not have five on it. Um... It makes me uncomfortable as hell. I feel like I have two blankets wrapped around my, my toesies. Um, the only time I ever will keep socks on in bed is when I'm having sex because I have intimacy issues. But other than that, that's I'm totally against sleeping with socks on. I think it's weird as hell. Uh, how about you, Dusty? Dude, I there's no possible way I could ever sleep with socks on. <laughs> I sleep naked, dude. I gotta be. I gotta be as comfortable as i possibly can and just the thought of having socks on is is definitely uh not something that i could do in terms of sleeping no way i do not have five on that what about you olsen uh yeah so this is fucking easy for me there's not a shot in fucking hell i got five on that <laughs> i'd give up fucking gambling for a year Versus having to sleep with fucking socks on. Oh my There's God. no fucking way. <laughs> what about you, Pat? Well, 
I'm gonna be the bad guy here, but uh, I do have five on it. Uh, Jesus. Good man. lord. We gotta end the podcast right there. It's over. He was acquiring taste with scotch, and now he's sleeping with his socks on. (laughs) I'm different, all right? You know, I... two chains. One thing I hate is when my feet are cold. If my feet are cold, my whole fucking body's cold. I don't know if that's an issue or what, but it's just how I roll, so I gotta have socks on. Um... I mean, I like it when it's like a colder temperature in the room, but that's still, I got to have socks on. It keeps me warm. I, I sleep fucking great when my fucking, my feet are warm, socks are on, man. That's Preston. That. So I, that's where I'm at. Preston's been on the mix globe. <laughs> KJ, your long ass feet even fit in socks? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I uh, I don't have five on it. I will tell you though, when you fall asleep like out of nowhere with socks on, and then you take them off after, it is one of the best feelings in the world. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night and then take them off, that yeah. feels great. But that's that's the only exception I'll ever have ever. I agree with I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, like if I'm drunk, pass out, and then wake, I agree. It is pre- It's fucking great taking them off. Um, this Big is one Jay, of the segments that. Go ahead. Uh, Big J puts his fucking feet in a fucking Kleenex box like Kevin does <laughs> in the fucking office. <laughs> With That's that funny. fucking crusty ass toenail. <laughs> one of the things that uh, that we're we're looking for with this new segment, I got five on it, is you guys to submit things that you think are controversial. They're split in the middle. Last week it was subtitles. People listened or people put subtitles on while they watch TV. Some people sleep with socks on, some don't. Um, things like that. We were looking for submissions like that to mm-hmm. to, be, to debate about. So, um, also, if you don't follow it, our Spotify playlist. What is it? Live at Five's Fire. Yep. We're gonna have to attach the link for some reason. I'm trying to to search it on the phone and it's not cool. popping up. So. Uh, follow the link to our, our playlist. What we're going to do is we're going to each add songs to it every week, and by the end of the year, there should be like 150 to 200 bangers on it. Yep. So um, Bangers. Fire. Yeah, um, who wants to who wants to add their, their song to the, <laughs> the list? Preston's on the loose. He's on the loose. <laughs> yeah, Pat's um, alter ego, his name's Preston. When he gets uh, a couple of drinks in him, he starts turning to a whole different fucking animal, I should say. Uh, Last week yeah. he didn't talk talk much on the podcast. This week he's a new character. <laughs> we got Preston this week. Um, all right. Well, first for my two songs, my first song I picked Wait, up. Wait, hold on, Jay. He's trying to talk and he's on mute. Oh my god, <laughs> he's on. He's drunker than hell. <laughs> he he, he mutes know us. Who you're gonna he, get. Yeah, he mutes us all on fucking PlayStation. We're playing COD and he has it muted on here. Man, that's so, yeah. booty. <laughs> That's booty. <laughs> well, speaking of booty, my uh, first song is What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow. Capacabana. Uh, it's a heater. What is it? What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow. Is it loud enough for you guys? It? No, we can't hear it, brother. I can't. <laughs> is that good? 
Yeah. Keep going up, Jake. Yeah, we can't even hear it. Turn that shit up, homie. <laughs> Come on, get kicked out of your apartment. Let's go. That's good. Dark hair bitch, she look like she go. She do. One town hero, feeling myself, can't murder my ego. She heard my deep stroke. She said, babe, does it hurt when I deep throw? It does. <laughs> um, all right, well, my next song. My next song is Dollar Menu by Two Friends. Um, two Friends actually dropped their... This song is a heater. My, my life is a dollar menu. Um, actually, speaking of Two Friends, um, they just dropped their Big Booty Mix 17 this week, so go listen to that if you have it. It's fucking fire. <laughs> Dustin's mix 06. Hold on, I'm gonna fast forward. Go away for the drop, you know. Baby, you can have it your way. You don't need no Alright, uh, next is Dusty's Pick with One Too Many by Luke Combs. Oh, that's my, one of my favorite beer drinking songs of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. You, you drink beer? That's all I drink, brother. Alright, brother. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what I want, ice cold beer and a country song. <laughs> respect, respect. You sound like every white girl in the summer. That's every Hell white. Yeah. Girl, that's every white girl that's on a boat. Countdown zone. <laughs> Dude, the heel toe, don't see no. Quarter right. of twelve, I had plenty. Next next song is Preston's pick, uh, "Roses" by the Chainsmokers. All yeah, it's time a great here. song. This is a great song to put on if you have your touch tunes going at a bar. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great song. Fast forward the drop because the drop is amazing. Hell yeah. Take me back to a time only we knew. That's doing the chainsaw. <laughs> Stay late, movies, God. Oh, you got the drop, though. Preston. Preston, excuse me. <laughs> yes, <All> right. sir. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Next song is Keith's Pick with U Turn by Chase Rice. I have a huge man crush on Chase Rice, by the way. Sounds head to the bar around back. 
Banger. Brakes at my Nike, stopped it dead in their tracks. Flip my snap back, back. Yeah, everybody knows the chorus. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, next song is uh, Level of Concern by 21 Pilots. This song actually was made for quarantine specifically. That's definitely Connor's pick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Connor's sure. pick, sorry. That's Raiden. <laughs> Fucking A, brother. Fucking A. <laughs> the hell? I feel like I'm shopping at the Boingbrook Promenade. <laughs> <laughs> This song would def is definitely playing Hollister when they reopen. This guy drives a tractor 16 hours a day. I don't drive tractors anymore, bub. <laughs> bub. Well, yeah, you sold out and started listening to 21 Pilot. <laughs> 21 Pilot. 21 Pilot. <laughs> he used to pack a thermos full of coffee every morning, get in his tractor and drive and, and plow a field for 16 hours a day, and then he started listening to this. <laughs> we actually have Life an changes. Uh, we actually have an audience uh, submission today from my uh, number one girl Peyton Taylor. Um, hey. So we're play that. <laughs> my main squeeze. Um, <laughs> it's just the it's just the girl by Click Five. Peyton, if you're listening to this, sub. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna so. hit, I thought you were gonna hit us with the Swayze. Push me in the pool. Strange as it seems, she's the one I'm after. Two weeks, then I will. <laughs> Alright, well, yeah, that's our songs Dude, for this week. Boys, look at Preston. Preston is three sheets in the wind right now. Dude, he's about to fall asleep on a podcast. Hey, we better wrap this thing up before Preston fucking takes a nap mid This might mid be longer show. than last week's Preston, we're Preston, boys. Right, here's our last here. We have Connor's gambling picks, and eventually we're going to get to a point where people just fast forward the whole fucking show just to get his picks because they're guaranteed winners. So what do you got? You got you got some guaranteed blowout winners for us? Yeah, so, so this week, like I just said earlier, we were talking off fair. I'm basically going to pick every single future in the You're talking into a tin can? <laughs> and Dude, we lost connection with them. I know, this one's bad. <laughs> oh, Kyra, <laughs> you get his picks. Hey, you gotta go to his website. <laughs> what What's happened, up? Right? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. There he is. Sorry, it's this hillbilly internet I got. Fuck, man. This fucking episode sucked. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> everything rose. If, if, if you're still listening to this episode, I'm sorry. Dude, I'm drunk or no. 
So am I. This is gonna go off the rails quick. What the fuck happened? Everything froze. I didn't know what to do. Jesus Christ. We done yet? <laughs> Alright. We're at the end. Wrap this shit up, Cotter. Alright, let me rattle these off. Now listen, I'm basically gonna pick every futures for the NFL because there's nothing else to fucking bet on. It's fucking miserable. Alright. So here, here's a key stat. I know everybody's drunk, but this this will make you money next year. I promise. So teams that got lucky last year in one score games, the following year they tend to regress by three wins on average. So those three teams that I'm targeting are the Packers, <coughs> the Texans, and the Seahawks. All those three teams. Had 11 wins, 10 wins, and 11 wins last year. So if you go under by three wins on those teams, you're looking at fucking eight wins, seven wins, eight wins. Their totals for this coming season are 10, eight and a half, and nine and a half. The Texans are a fucking absolute joke. What they're trading for and what they're getting in return is like fucking Dusty trading fucking Patrick for some fucking beer. It just makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> what? They, they that that, that analogy didn't make sense either. <laughs> that's, that's the Texans, Jay. That's literally the Texans. So I'm taking the Texans under, just on principle. Just because Bill O'Brien is such a fucking clown. Give me the Texans. So Coors Light for Coors Light? Yeah, it just makes no sense. <laughs> now, Dusty, you'll appreciate this ball. one. The Packers under 10 wins. Yes. There's there's no shot in hell the Packers get as lucky as they did last year. They lost Brian Balaga. They lost Blake Martinez, their best defensive player. Packers under 10 wins. I'm also related to him, too. Yeah, good luck Especially with Especially two of those losses are going to come from the Bears. One at Soldier Field and then one at Lambeau Field. I'll be at the game at Lambeau hey. Field again. Guys, Dusty's had way too much to drink tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you, said you said it, not me. Let's just stick with that. Um... My third one, the Seahawks. The Seahawks were so lucky in one-score games last year. They picked game-winning field goals. Other teams would miss game-winning field goals. They just didn't do anything in the offseason to improve. So go Seahawks under 9.5. So fade these teams that get lucky in the in the, in the the previous season in the one-score games and just take the under. It's all day. That's it. Wrap it up. All right. Next week we'll have... A lot more of Connor's gambling picks. We'll be drinking heavily again. Week five of the quarantine. NFL I'm, draft. I'm going to look into the NFL draft next week. I think next week we got to talk a little bit about baseball, too. Uh, we got to touch on the Cubs and Sox. That'll be the, the focus of the show. Although, KJ's a Red Sox fan and Patrick is a Cardinals fan. So, um, we probably won't talk to them at all about it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk We'll maybe review another show or a movie. Maybe we'll review a stupid movie on Netflix. We'll have something for you, and hopefully it's yeah. better than this episode because this kind of was a shit show to record. Um, we, we, peaked, we peaked last week. Yeah, we peaked on our second episode. Uh, we had a lot of <laughs> Dude, I think we got to start today. doing these things sober, man. Yeah. <laughs> we fuck everything up when we're all drinking. Juiced up. Well, can you right, get this fucking master's degree? So uh, what else are we going to do? You know what? 
I think the fans are gonna like the fucking the podcast for what it is. You know, this is authentic shit. We're not no yeah. fucking nerds. You know, we don't know what the hell's going on. Nerds. <laughs> you got your guy. You guys got your asses kicked by a bunch of nerds. God, goddamn nerd. Hey, how, whenever how you said nerds, how do you spell that? It was like N O U R. Nerd. Um. All right. But yeah, if you listen to all this, uh, thank you because it was a shit show. Um. We should we should I pay you it. if you listen to all this. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You guys are gonna look back at the archives in like two years when we made it big because we got a reality <laughs> TV show star and a Division One basketball coach. You'd be just wishing that you had like uh, you had watched this uh, this episode and stuck with us because we'll be pulling these out of the archives when we're fucking professionally recording. That's all I got to say. I'm gonna drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's get on Call of Duty. We could uh, discuss more there. America. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys have a good night. Um, yeah. Enjoy. Four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, this was this was bad, but it's all good. See you guys. Bye. Love you. Love you. I'm not sick, but I'm